Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Argyle Chat, the weekly Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live. Joining me to look back on Saturday's win at Carlisle is Jack Ball. Hiya, Jack. Hello. And a weary and bleary and much-travelled Argyle reporter, Chris Harrington. Hi, Chris. Am I looking that bad? <laughs> <laughs> well, no more than usual, I suppose, but yeah. That was a long trek on, on that, Saturday, wasn't That it? was a long trek, yeah. And um, I, I stayed in a hotel on Friday night and met lot, lots of Argyle fans there. Uh, Graham and Sally and uh, Terry and, and all sorts of people. So uh, I think the, uh, the hotel in Carlisle were doing well out of Argyle fans and uh, 567 fans making the trip to, to Brunton Park. Now, I know they will have come from all corners of the country and I, I see in our script there might have been one or two coming yeah, down from Glasgow. Scotland and, and what have you. Yeah. But nonetheless, to have that many people at Brunton Park on the second Saturday in January was, was fantastic. It was a long journey home, but... Uh, make that a little bit easier, I'm sure, for everyone by a 3 0 win. Absolutely. Mm. I did say on the podcast last week, I really fancied our goal to go you up did? there and, and, and pretty much do that. Did you put any money on it? I didn't, no. But, <laughs> did you? Um, I, I, annoyingly, I put a. I put a Two, a £2 bet on Argyle to win 3 0 and George Cooper scored the first goal, and that would have won me 560 quid. But unfortunately, Cooper selfishly didn't get on the score sheet before anyone else. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, I think we should be listening to Ryan Hardy in, uh, in future weeks because didn't he make a prediction to a young fan that Argyle would win 3 0 and he had scored the last goal? Yeah, he did at a video surface yeah. on the mm. internet of him doing that. So maybe he's got a second career as some sort of mystic man. <laughs> <laughs> Was the win as comfortable as the scoreline suggests? It certainly seems that way, Chris. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I thought Argyle played really well. It, it, they, the recent away game wins they've had against Forest Green and, and Cheltenham, and, and not quite as much, but Scunthorpe as well, it was hard work. You know, They had to, to really roll their sleeves up uh, and get the three points. Against Carlisle, I thought they started well. It's a big pitch at Brunton Park. It, it, it was a decent surface. I mean, it had an awful lot of rain on it and it still played well. Uh, and Argo just had so much... looked like they had an extra player on the pitch. Is perhaps the best way of describing it. Um, Tyreek Backinson was fantastic in the midfield holding role. He just knitted everything together really nicely. And the amount of time and freedom that Anthony Sarsavik and Danny Mayer had was, was unbelievable. They were just running at Carlisle from the central midfield positions all the time. They just could not cope with it. And if, if that triangle works like it did on Saturday for the rest of the season, Argyle are going to have a really strong finish because if you can get Sarsavik and Meyer running at defenders with some speedy mobile forwards ahead of them, that, that is going to create chances. So um, it was good when they got the... the 1-0 at half-time, you felt they should have been further ahead than 1-0 at half-time. Luke Jeffcott's second goal early in the second half just, you know, pointed Argyle in the right direction. And then, as you say, Ryan Hardy, the new loan signing, 3-0. It was game over. And, you know, you couldn't be picky and say it, it could have been more. Argyle had plenty of chances. There was one that looked over the line. I, I saw the Quest TV highlights. I don't know if you saw mm, yeah. the highlights, the one where Byron Webster's hooked it back and then it's gone back to Jeffcott and Jeffcott's hit it, hit it against the post. The general consensus at the ground was that that was over the line and should have counted. But anyway, who's going to c- complain about a 3-0 away win at Carlisle? The one thing I was going to ask you, Chris, is obviously the weather, the conditions weren't the best. Mm. But did, did that sort of... Because Argyle don't hoof the ball up, did, mm. did it affect their play at all? Were they still able to no. play a good style of football? No, I think they, they, they played some really nice stuff. They played some good football. And 
the pitch was in, in really good nick considering the rain we had because it, it lashed it down. About two o'clock, the, the rain was pouring down, the wind was blowing the, the rain from one end of the pitch to the other. The goalies came out for their warm-up, uh, Alex Palmer and Mike Cooper. And Crikey, you, you have to motivate yourself, I would have thought, in those situations <laughs> to go out and warm up yeah. when the wind and the rain just howling in at you but um, it's like it's, a Monday morning coming into this office <laughs> yeah. but it's quite encouraging that Argyle could still play in some adverse weather conditions because I, I hate it when you go to you know, you know when you're really looking forward to a football game and you get to the ground and the weather's awful mm. and you think it's just going to ruin the game yeah. but it's good that Argyle can sort but of look still look at the build play. up for the second goal you know I think most people mm. have seen the highlights and the way they moved the ball through the midfield and then uh, Tariq Backington's pass for the second goal was fantastic Super. they picked it up on the Quest TV highlights and it was just one of those almost like a no-look first time, sort of, there yeah. you go, uh, opens up a defence with one single pass. And, and the, the third goal for Ryan Hardy, again, Sarsavik picking it up inside Argyle's half, moving forward, finding all the freedom he needed, then Danny Mayer on to, to Hardy and scored. So, um, no, they were well-worked goals. I mean, the first goal I quite liked because Byron Moore's gone down the right and you see that Luke Jeffcott's literally put pointing, there. put it there, isn't yeah. it? You can see, put it there, and Byron Moore's put it on a plate, mm. Um, but as I put in one of my pieces over the weekend, Jeff Cott had the, the vision, the awareness to realise that was where the space was going to be. That's The six-yard box is, is where he could score quite a lot of goals, and that was what Ryan Lowe did, and I, I think Ryan Lowe will be preaching to him. Yeah. Just keep getting in the six-yard box and good things will happen to you. And it's good, it's good, it's good sign of confidence, I think, because it wouldn't surprise me if we see young players come through and they're not quite confident enough to tell small mm. senior players where to pass the ball. You know, mm. They're the senior ones, they'll know where to pass it, but it's good that he has that confidence to tell yeah. people that have much more experience than him, this is where I want it, and, and he finishes as a result. Absolutely. Well, we've had plenty of questions sent in from uh, our listeners. Matthew Pinney, should one of the disallowed goals been allowed to stand? Kind of addressed that one already. Yeah, Chris, really Chris, um, like yeah cool. I, I think it should have, Matthew. I don't know if you were at the game or not, but it's difficult to tell. But from where I was sat, talking to other people, one of the TV cameramen, uh, when we were leaving to go and do the, the interviews after the game, said, well, that was definitely over the line. I thought he looked at it on the Quest highlights uh, It, it as well, looked like it. Um, it wasn't the best angle, though. On the, it wasn't a on great angle. TV, and, so. you know, I was sat high up in the stand, so I had the same sort of view that the TV replays did. I'm just going on the gut feeling. Um, I think it probably was. It would have made it 3-0, but Ryan Hardy scored a couple of minutes later, so... It, You'd rather one of those came in, a result like Argo yeah, had one more draw. <laughs> it's yes. funny you should say that, because... Um, Drew Savage did the Radio Devon commentary and me and him were walking around the pitch to go to the far side to do the interviews and um, we were discussing that exact same point is that those sort of incidents don't really matter quite so much when you've, when you've had a win like that. Yeah. You, you want something like that to go your way in an yeah. important game. So yeah, quite right Jack, save it up for a, for a game <laughs> when that might make the diff- one of those sort of 50-50 split yeah. decisions. You want it to go your way to, to win a game 1-0 or 2-1. But, but I do think, more generally, that if the referee's not sure he shouldn't give it. You can't just give it because it might have been. I yeah. think, you know, no, he's only got one set of eyes and he's in one position, so, and the linesman, of course, mm. as well. And I'm sure they were mic'd up and he said, you know, do you think it crossed the line? The mm. linesman's probably said, no, I don't. No. So carry on. No, no that's, that's fair enough. Dave McCartney, is Chris still suffering in the cold or has he got himself a heated jacket yet? <laughs> I, how, many, how many layers did you have on, on Saturday? Oh, about six, I think. It was, quite, it was quite a lot, but I, don't, I never feel so bad when the locals who are hardened to the northern weather are complaining about the weather. When they're complaining about the weather, I know it's bad. Yeah. I met Dave in a hotel in um, Doncaster before one of the... We were sat, I was sat having a meal and I got talk, we got talking sort of thing and uh, he's, he's an Argyle fan that goes to a lot of the games. 
and uh, it must have been either before a Doncaster away game or it, it, I'm sure it was in Doncaster anyway. And he told me about these these heated jackets that have got almost like I suppose they must be like, like heated um, duvets or yeah, or, yeah what do they call you know, the the bed sheets that you could uh, heated blankets yeah heated blankets sort of thing but it's, you can get a jacket like this apparently. And he, he got one, and it, it worked <laughs> really, it into the, it worked really well. And with all the plugs and sockets that we have in the press box, I really could sort of connect myself up, couldn't I? And uh, be sat there, sort of like, I don't like the ready break man with this sort of red <laughs> yeah, <a> glow. <laughs> glow, glow around me. So um, I haven't got it, that heated jacket yet, Dave, but I really should do, shouldn't I? Um, well, if Mrs. Errington's listening to the uh, yes. podcast, and there's That's well, a Christmas thing. is away away yet. Birthday, so, birthday, birthday present, yeah. But I, always, I always remember me and Chris, well, I think it was Doncaster again, actually. We were at Doncaster, and it's the one I remember, because I'm not, I'm not normally too bad with cold if, if I have layers, but we got we both got out of the car to get our coats ready. It was in the boot. And straight away, we went, should we get back in the car? We're like, yeah. And we, we literally, two seconds after we got out of the car, we got back in because it was too cold. So uh, No, I, I, I'm not ashamed to say I'm a Southern softie. It wasn't too cold, to be honest, but with the wind and the rain, it was that horrible, damp... Yeah. That damp feeling, wasn't it? But I think it was the same everywhere, wasn't it, on Saturday? So it wasn't a, wasn't a great day of weather. No, Go, going back to the football mm. then, uh, Luke Jeffcott, is he all about goals or is there more to his game? Well, the goals help, don't they? <laughs> so I mean, do. four goals in two games. I was busy tapping away, blogging and tweeting and doing all sorts on Saturday. Jack's tweet popped up about Jeff Cott and his goal scoring record for Argyle and you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah I think so yeah. Well uh, to the fact that he's now Argyle's joint tets, joint top second goal scorer in League 2 and, he, and that was after 90 minutes no sorry 120 minutes but yeah. now after 180 obviously not, not bad so is he's it? he's played Two three games. hours of football and, he's, and we're in the middle of June uh, January basically and he's the joint second top league goal scorer so uh, who would have thought it? I mean no, no one would have done no one would have predicted that he'd come back from Truro and probably start two games in a mm. row, let alone score the four goals. Strikers thrive on confidence, don't they? Um, the, the first goal we just talked about at Carlisle, he's pointing a senior player, look where I want the pass because that's where I'm going to score from. The second goal was a fantastic pass from, um, from Backinson, but it was a really good finish. It was one touch, out of his feet, right foot, bottom corner, no, no, no messing. And, you know, I, I, I see we're, he's got into the EFL team of the week. Um, you know he's he's gonna get all sorts. Of, he got some praise on um, the, the Quest highlight show. If he carries on like this, he's gonna get more and more attention. You well, know, as you said earlier on, he could, he could, if he carries on like this, he could well get Player of the Month. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Four yeah. goals well, already. Four and two. It's a great story. You know, coming from the Southern League to to getting four goals in in, in two away games as well. It's, yeah. it's not like you know you're at home and I got I've got three at Scunthorpe, three at Carlisle. He's got four of them. Was it, it was, was it in one of your pieces that you wrote, if this was a new striker that yeah. Argyle signed and scored four into yeah. everyone would be from raving, so why it shouldn't was, Jeff got get it? It was just like, if we'd signed a, a 19-year-old from Liverpool, mm. who everyone was excited about, and he'd come in and score four goals, we'd be absolutely raving about him. So he is like a new signing because he didn't play in the first half of the season, didn't look like he was really going to feature this season, and all of a sudden you brought this striker in, he's got four goals in two games. And if you just take the fact that it's Luke Jeff got out of the way... Um, you know that is fantastic, and as I did write one of the other pieces, Jack, and with your fan's hat on, there is nothing better for a fan of a club to see a yeah. young player, one of your products, come through and do well, is it? You know they they were singing the Green Army, you were singing the he's one of our own songs, which you hear at every football ground in the country when one of their local products does yeah. well. I mean it's great to see, isn't it? It just means that bit more. Yeah, and it's just what? nice to see some a young player. 
not only given a chance, but also taking the chance. And, you know, Ryan Lowe said many times what he wants this season, and, he, and so far, Jeff Cott's bringing that. And it also, for me, is a good indication if you go out on loan and you work hard, you'll get your chance if you do well. And it's, yeah, it's great to see, you know, Michael Cooper's obviously been on the bench a lot, but to have someone starting to scoring to, so yeah. scoring twice, two twice, yeah. is, uh, is pretty good. What I want to know though, Chris, is we've seen it with young players at Argyle before, Tyler Harvey, Rooney, mm, yeah. um, Isaac Vassell, there's yeah. been so many that have yep. nearly made it. Yep. Is there something about Jeff Cott that makes you think, yeah, he, I mean, obviously four mm. goals in two games, as to say, helps, but is there more to his game than just being a natural goal scorer? Yes, there is, because uh, you look at last season when he made his breakthrough into the first team, Derek Adams used him not as an out-and-out striker, but as sort of one of those half-and-half half wide players um, coming in to support. So he's capable of playing more, more than one position. Um, he's got a goal-scoring instinct, which I think probably those other guys that you've just mentioned did as well. Um, he's going to need to get opportunities. I think Ryan Lowe being a striker helps him um, because he understands how to score goals. He did it an awful lot in his career. Um, Luke Jeffcott probably couldn't be getting a better advice from, from a manager than Ryan Lowe, who's going to preach what he's got to do. I, I think it's interesting, for example, that the manager was not um, frightened at all after the game on Saturday to say, oh, I'm calling Luke Jeffcott a goal machine. Mm. You know, and every time I see him, goal machine, here's the goal machine. Lots of managers would not say that in public. They might be saying that to the player in the dressing room, but they wouldn't come out and say that because they'd be worried that they're raising expectations, putting pressure on somebody. But Ryan Lowe, I think, was one of those strikers that thrived on confidence and thrived on scoring goals. And I think he's he's just looking to build up Luke Jeffcott's confidence as much as possible. So, yeah, we shouldn't get it carried away. It is, you know, a small sample size. But nonetheless, I think he has definitely got the attributes to, to become... A good player for Argo. How far he can go, whether he can really become a first team regular that you can rely on, still a bit early to say. But it shows com- confidence can take you a long Absolutely. way. Absolutely, it shows the importance Absolutely. of timing as well. I think you know, mm. but it makes you wonder how many other players could have perhaps made it a little bit mm. further had they played under a Ryan Lowe team. They had mm. John Sheridan who was picking Argo up after administration. Then mm. you had Derek Adams only played one up front. Yeah. This style, you know, it's sometimes timing is, that's all it's about. And maybe he's playing for Argyle and just coming through at the right time. Yeah, that's a good point. Another striker that was on the score sheet was uh, Argyle's newest signing, of course, Ryan Hardy. Mm. And he became the 17th <laughs> different scorer this season. That which is incredible. Is, it is it? a hell of a stat, that. Yeah. Do Argyle need a 20-goal season striker? Seemingly not. <laughs> I see, no, but I, I, I've... I... It would be nice. Let's not go wrong. It would be nice if you had someone that could I think finish so chances. much gets made of it. But I, I, I said in a tweet a few weeks ago before Hardy came in, if it got to the end of January and Argo hadn't signed a striker, I wouldn't be concerned because I, I would much rather have a team. And for me, this, this is a definition of a team. 17 different goal scorers in League mm. 2. And we're only in January. I, I think we should put Alex Palmer on the next penalty, for example. Let's try and get 18, 19, <laughs> 19 goal scorers. But no, in all seriousness, I think I'm impressed with the signing of Hardy. I think it's a good signing. But we've seen, and I've said this before on the podcast, at least in our goals history, they've not necessarily tasted success when we've had a 20-season striker, mm. 20 goal a season striker. So I don't think it's the end of the world. Would it be good if we had someone that could finish some of these chances, of course, but... We've scored, I think, only two or three teams have scored more goals than Argo in League Two. It's not like we're struggling to score goals. Yeah. It's just we don't have, perhaps, 
you know, one man finishing as many chances as some would like. I totally agree. Football's a team game, you know. It doesn't matter if a striker scores 20 goals a season. They, you know, it doesn't guarantee success, does it? Um, what I will say, though, Jack, is you did a piece a few years ago, didn't you, for Plymouth Live, <laughs> in which you, you said Ryan Hardy would be an ideal signing for Plymouth Argyle. I did, but I, I would like to add that I've also done ones on plenty of players that never have signed, <laughs> never have signed Don't for Argyle. Don't say that. No, no, um, oh. Don't so, say that. But, He's but, 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 let's be honest, if, if Ryan Day was to hire me as a scout, I'm more than willing to do it. Probably cheaper than a lot of people who are fine to do it for him. But, no, I did write a piece. Uh, Ryan, I think Ryan Hardy's got a good goal-scoring record. You know, it, it may be in Scotland, and God, we've seen plenty of poor strikers from Scotland over the years, but he's got a good record. He's young. He's the type of player that you sort of... You know, when Argyle signed, I know they didn't work out, but Ashley Smith-Brown and, and when, when you sign young, exciting players, for me, I get excited about that rather than a 31-year-old who can't really run very far. He's an exciting signing. I mean, he was sort of gifted that goal, really. You know, he, he might play against tougher defences and time will tell whether he proves to be a good, good signing. But on the evidence, I think he is an exciting signing. He played for Rangers at a young level. Um, yeah, it really excited me. Gifted that goal. I thought it was a good finish, to be fair. It, it, it was, but I'm just saying, I think you'll come up against tougher defences, for example. Yeah. And he, It's not really worked out for him at Blackpool, but Ryan has already shown that he can get the best out of certain people. And who, if you're a striker, you know, with the amount of cra- chances that are created, who wouldn't want to come and play for our guy? It, it was, we, we spoke to Ryan Hardy after the game, so it was, it was interesting to talk to him. And um, there's a piece to come on the Plymouth Fly website, but, so I won't go into too much detail, but... Ryan Edwards being at Blackpool was obviously quite a big influence in his decision to sign for Argyle. I think you know Ryan Edwards gave him a very good um, encouragement to go and sign for Argyle. Um, and it was interesting listening to Ryan Lowe afterwards explaining what led to Ryan Hardy signing and the fact that he'd been to watch him play for Blackpool against Fleetwood in a Central League Cup game um, on December the 10th. And that was when he sort of popped on his radar. He scored two goals in that game, including a long-range chip. And um, I know from doing the, the, the press conferences that we have with Ryan Lowe that virtually every time we see him from about the middle of December onwards, you're asking about signings and this, that and the other. And all the speculation that has been about what striker Argyle are going to sign and Brett Pittman and Reese Murphy and uh, Jamie Reid and all the various speculation that has been. And um, Ryan Hardy's name just never popped no. up there. And he, he was delighted when we were talking about that. He was, he was, he was pleased that... Um, <laughs> Job done and, from his and he actually said that it was good every time there was there was more speculation it was good in a way because it sort of kept his interest yeah. in Hardy under wraps and uh, and he was able to bring him in so again early days you know you you're not going to judge anybody good or bad on a twenty minute sub performance but strikers thrive on goals and the confidence that brings there's nothing worse than bringing a striker in and then after eight games we're sat on a podcast saying well he still hasn't scored yet what's yeah. what's wrong you know he's on the pitch for four minutes he's got his first goal that takes that that, that pressure away um, and you, you can feel sorry for strikers sometimes as well because they can come into a team and if the, if the team's not creating much what are they what are they supposed to do they have little bits here and there where they have half chances but this is a team that create a lot of chances he was say, he said he was sat on the bench looking at all the chances and created and he was desperate to get on because there was lots of chances in that game and if you're a striker and like you say Jack the team around you is creating not opportunities that's, that's all you can ask for because yeah. then it's down to you to do the business but if you're playing in a team that's playing good football and you know he's going to create chances, and you, if you're in and around the penalty area, then that's, that's a great boost for you. Another thing I've just noticed as well, I saw some people on Twitter saying, you know, now that there are some people finishing off these chances, 
you know, Danny Mayer's getting a lot of mentions in his passing, and you know, he's possibly been doing that all along, but people don't see it because they don't end up in goal, yes. so it gets sort of forgotten. But when his plays involved in the build up to a goal, people are starting to notice that actually he's probably worth more than what some people have been saying. Well, so you know, you see it on the EFL highlight show, don't you? You suddenly start seeing Mayer involved in all the goals as opposed to not seeing the chances, yeah. So, uh, Dave Searle, in the last couple of weeks, opposition managers have referenced our goals budget, and Carlisle's manager referenced Hardy's signing, saying he knew what wages he's on and that Argyle have a massive budget um, is Argyle's budget massive and, and the biggest in the division yeah I saw the quotes from Chris Beach who's the, the Carlisle boss the head coach uh, one thing I would say is that Carlisle's budget apparently has been reduced this season and it, that might have been a manager whose team is struggling at the moment trying to get a message across to his own board of directors that I need some help here because mm. we're in we're in trouble because Carlisle did play really poorly and they're not that far clear of the relegation zone. Yeah, I think so so there might have been a bit of I need to get this message out that, you know, there's teams in the same division that are spending a lot more money than us and I need a bit of help. Um you would imagine that Ryan Hardy would be on a decent wage considering he was at Rangers. He went to Blackpool with quite high expectations in the summer and there is talk that Argyle are paying all of the all of the wage, unlike a lot of loan signings where you sort of go fifty fifty or whatever with the parent club. I've no idea what percentage of uh, Ryan Hardy's wages Argyle are paying um, have they got a massive budget in this division well they'd never be able to afford a, an Owen Doyle or somebody like that no, I just don't see any chance that that would happen so I don't think they've got a massive budget I think they've got a competitive budget and I think that Simon Hallett would be prepared to push the boat a little bit you know for the for the right sort of signing and Ryan Hardy might sort of come into that category. He, he, he won't be cheap. Mm. So um, When you look at the club as well, you know, attendances are up. Argyle mm. are in a really healthy position right now, so they're generating a bit of money that you'd like to think well, is going towards Also, what I'd say is, is it's important to remember that the likes of Lemirius left in the summer, Carey left in the summer. No, I don't know. This is speculation, but I'd imagine the only one that would be on anywhere near that wages would be Danny Mayer because he was the big signing. Mm. Since then, Josie Baxter's left, Billy Clark's just gone back, Zach Rudden's left. You know, there is money about that's probably been spent on other people. So mm. that's five players where there's a decent mm. wage there. And but if you look, you, you reference the fact that Carey and the Mirrors won good money and then we've subsequently seen that the club lost quite a lot of money last season with the, 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 the financial details that Simon Hallett and uh, the director Paul Byrne revealed. They, they did lose quite a lot last season. So the drive continues to be for sustainability. Mm. And Simon Hallett's put in an awful lot of money into the Mayflower grandstand. And I don't think that there'll be suddenly masses of money for the budget. Could there be an extra few pounds if Ryan Lowe goes and asks the board and says, look, this could really make the difference between this going up or not? I think they would consider it. But I'm not sure they've got a massive budget in, in League Two. But I, I think, think they've a, got I think they've got a good one. There's also not a lot of big traditional mm. big teams in League 2 this year mm. you know, but re- recently there's been the likes of Portsmouth in mm. there isn't there but I don't mm. think there's apart from Bradford maybe yeah. mm. there's, there's not a huge amount of big spenders I would imagine but again you're basing that on, on attendances aren't you yeah. I think Bradford do that offer where a lot of people buy up season tickets at the start of the season at a really yeah. cheap price yeah. so mm. 
how much money they generate throughout the course of the that, year is, a, is, a, is another matter. No, that's a good point. Um, Jack, you're going to take us into the halftime oh, break with uh, our new feature, yeah, Jack's halftime teaser. I don't think we should call it that. That sounds a bit <laughs> dirty to me, and I don't really like that. But anyway, but if anyone's got so, a better idea, then feel free to, okay. to message us and let us know. So basically, the premise of this is obviously there's going to be a little ad break in a minute for the, for the listeners. So there's going to be five or six clues to a player that's played for Argyle, and all you've got to do is guess who it is. So you two can, can, can play along as well. So clue number one. He was born in Stepney on Valentine's Day in 1977. Clue two. He began his professional career with Leighton Orient. I'm, I'm looking at Chris's and Stu's concentration face at the moment. Stu's about to make notes. I'm doing the maths to work out how old he is now. Played 46 times for the Pilgrims after signing in the 2011-12 season. Formed a defensive partnership with a Frenchman. Left home park in January 2013 with some reluctance to free up funds and ended up signing for Port Vale. He made the most appearances, over 160 for Birmingham City, between 1998 and 2004, and the second most, over 110 for Cardiff City, between 2005 and 2009. And finally, his namesake is a safe space to keep credit. <laughs> I think Chris knows from the you little space. Yes. Do you think you've got it? No, I haven't. So we'll go into the ads and then we'll come back afterwards and reveal the answer. Well, welcome back to the second half of the podcast. I'm still trying to think of who this person is, but I think, Chris, you're... Um, yeah, I'm quite confident. It. What clue do you think you got it on? Um, just give us a, the sheet a minute that you had it on. I've got the answer in there. So um, yeah, no. Um, so, so, I was thinking Steve Castle, it, Kevin Newton. Def- definitely the defensive oh, partnership of a Frenchman. Was that, um, was that the one that sealed the deal? Maxime Blanchard and... Can I give the answer? Yeah, well, I think is the answer. Yeah, Darren yeah. Purse. Darren Purse is oh, correct. Yeah. His namesake is a safe space to keep credit. I thought that was a good one for the end. <laughs> Very good. But hopefully you enjoyed that. We'll do another one next week. Absolutely. Right, well, let's get back to the yes. podcast. Um, Andy Bliss, being based in Glasgow, I don't get to see Argyle much, but I've been spoiled in recent week- weeks with Bristol Rovers on the TV, Stevenage at Home Park, and my local game at Carlisle. The team are playing some nice football, but I've certainly seen to struggle to convert possession into goals. With Luke Jeff- Jeffcott's revolutionary return... And an effective debut cameo from Ryan Hardy on Saturday. Do you agree that Ryan Lowe seems to have found an answer to the problem? On a different note, I thought Tariq Backinson looked the business on Saturday. Yeah, um, Backinson I thought was was excellent, absolutely outstanding. And that's two games running, isn't it? That yeah, really I, I thought he played well in his debut at Scunthorpe, but I just he just did the, almost like the job of two men. And, and and as I said in the first part of the podcast, that allowed Maya and Sarsavik freedom. So. He looks very promising. Um, yeah, and Andy's local game, if he's based in Glasgow, that's still 100 miles down the, uh, down the motorway to, to Carlisle, so that's a fair trip. But I'm sure Andy enjoyed seeing a 3-0 win. Do I, or we agree, that Ryan Lowe seems to have found an answer to this converting problems? Um, it looks promising. I'm not going to say yes, he's definitely found an answer because it's, it's two games. It's, it's a small sample size, but... The types of goals that, that Argyle have been scoring are ones that they haven't been scor- scoring earlier on in the season. The finishing, you know, Jeff Cott's finishing has been clinical. I mean, the combined distance for his two goals on Saturday was probably, what, eight yards? <laughs> eight yards out? But mm. those are good goals. There's nothing yeah. wrong with those. You don't have to score 20-yard screams into the top corner all the time. You know, if you're a striker, get in the box and be around the penalty spot and the six-yard area and chances will come your way. So... Um, it's encouraging six goals in two away games is you, you can't knock that can you and no. there's been plenty of other chances particularly against Carlisle to have had that even higher so it, it looks encouraging let's 
just see a few more games and see how, how, it, how it keeps going on. But if if Argyle play like they did on Saturday, they will score a lot more goals just because the sheer number of chances they're creating. And if you've got people with confidence, Jeff Cott and uh, and Hardy and, and maybe one or two of the other strikers can get. In. T- Byron Moore, uh, you know, I'm slightly going off topic here. Is is <laughs> Quietly becoming one of sort of Argyle's unsung heroes this season. Um, you know, at the start of the season, he, he was a striker, wasn't he? And then he had an injury, and it was a bit sort of, is he going to make much of a mark? But whether he's playing up front or at wing back, he, he's really turning into quite a useful player. I think he's got five goals, and he's capable of chipping in with a few more. But this could be the tightest pair of the year contest we have if things going yeah, this way. You know, he's he's done really. I've been quite impressed with him. So it's looking promising. The, the, the thing I'd say though is it, well, two things is firstly the amount of chances I'll go create just say they create 20 chances mm. in a the game they're not going to score half of them because who scores 10 mm. goals every game you know compared to a team that might create 6 chances and score 2 percentages can be sort of yeah. merged to, to make mm. it whatever you want so I don't think there's necessarily a problem there in terms of how they found the answer I don't think I mean 9 wins out of 12 it's not like I'll go in bad form before these no. two games don't get me wrong mm. it's been great to see the two strikers mm. scoring goals but before that what it, it was 7 wins out of 10 games so their form's not been bad. It's not that like there's been a desperate need for this. It's just the games they thing. haven't won. You know, you look back to the Bristol Rovers mm. FA Cup replay where they were yeah. by far the better team but couldn't put the ball in the net that night. And uh, even the Swindon game, there was chances against Swindon, particularly in the first half, where they could have been 2-0, 2-0 up before Swindon got, back, got themselves back into the game. So that's perhaps what sticks in people's mind, that you know there's a couple of games there that they could easily have won. But, you know, nine wins out of the last 12 league games is, is not to be knocked, is it? I mean, that's... So you've definitely seen worse runs than that in <laughs> 24 years. Yeah. Uh, similar type of question from Lee Newson. Uh, what area of the pitch do you feel Argon need improvement? 10 games ago, we were calling out for centre-backs and strikers. Um, he feels one more striker would suffice. I, I would maybe agree with that. Mm. You've, got, you've got Jeff Cott, you've got mm. um, Hardy, you've, you've got Telford who seems to get injured every two minutes. Hopefully, you know, he'll get back and, and stay in the team. But then with losing Rudd and Clark, mm. you've sort of lost a few. And if you get one or two injuries, that could be a problem. But I don't think there's a crying need for any signings at the moment. It, it's, it seems bizarre to say, but I'm quite... Mm. Com- if there were no more signings this month, I'd still be confident that Argo would do a good job until the end of the season, barring an injury disaster. <laughs> Centre-backs is interesting because Will Ameson is still out injured. Um, so you, you're down to four centre-backs counting Josh Grant, who um, has re-signed on loan but didn't feature on Saturday because of a slight hip problem. So would you want one more centre-back? The pro- problem is, is that if you're a centre-back at another club, you can, well, they're keeping a lot of clean sheets at the moment. It's a settled back three. You know, where am I going to get in? It's hard yeah. to find someone that's willing to come to a club to be backup. Um, isn't it? So that would be... A little bit difficult. You, you never stop looking for a striker, if you ask me. I I keep looking. I mean, there's there's options there. Like you say, Jack Clark and Rudman have gone. Hardy's coming. Jeff Cott is almost like a new signing. But if if a striker was was there to be taken, you would that you thought could make a difference. You would because strikers and goalscoring strikers will will win your games. But um, it also depends who who else leaves. You know, there's mm. still Ryan Taylor still on the books, but it wouldn't mm. surprise me if he left possibly because mm. I don't think he's gonna get much of a look. And if he left mm. again you're you're getting quite low on strikers, aren't you? Mm. Jeff got touch with it, he mm. keeps on form, but it's a small sample size, so that's when I'd worry, depending on who left. I, I think we're at a stage now where Ryan Ryan Lowe would be really happy with the squad. Mm. And there'll be 
wary about disrupting it too much. Yeah. You know, I think he'll be really happy with the form, the way the players are playing. I wouldn't be surprised if there's no little or no movement now in the transfer market, maybe until the last day or two. Mm. And well, the, the trouble is as well with loan signings, they've got five now, haven't they? So Correct. any more yeah. loan signings, you have to leave one out. Um, and I just think if you've got one eye on the form and one eye on promotion, which I'm sure Ryan Lowe has, you're not fifth in the table with his no, desire to not want to go up. But you've got to think... I don't want to be spending too much money in January when we've got a good enough squad to get us through the end of the season mm. and then have less money in, in the summer. You know, it's, you've got to think about it in that way as well, I think, and I'm sure that's what he's doing. The five loans as well. You can only have five loans in a matchday squad of 18, but the five loans I've got are all looking to be potentially good players, yeah. not the sort of players that you think, well, we could afford to leave one of them, one of them out. You know, Alex Palmer, uh, Backinson, Cooper, Hardy, Josh Grant. You know, that. They could all feature in your starting I guess, 11. I guess the other thing that might happen is Cooper's option to buy, and yeah. maybe that could be activated, then you've got the space of one more loan signing, possibly. Mm. I guess is the only way that could change. And I suppose, you know, with um, Grant and, and Backinson, you've got two players there, defensive midfielders, mm-hmm. only one will play, the other will probably be on the bench. I know Grant's a bit more versatile. Or Grant could go play. central defence, or he yeah. could play right wing back, but, you know, the, the back three's doing all right at the moment. Um, I don't see there being many signs at all now. You wouldn't. When things are going well, you, you don't really want to interfere too much, no. do you? But you also have to be aware of, you know, one injury could change that. Mm. So I'd be surprised if Ryan Lowe and, and Neil Dewson, the, the, the director of football, aren't still keeping a very close eye on things. Yeah. And if anything popped up that they really liked, uh, they might go for it. But I mean, you just have to look at the bench. Exactly. You had Lolos on the bench who's not been around recently mm. and scored. He's got a few goals at Dorchester mm. and you had Randall as, Randall yeah. as well. So, well, you've got Fletcher out on loan at Tiverton mm. scoring goals as well. Mm. You know, but what I mean is the bench... Jeff got some scoring argue, at the same level, wasn't he? Some might so. argue the bench was wasn't the strongest it's been. So yeah. perhaps that's an argument for some reinforcements. Yeah. You know, I, watched, I watched an interview with um, Darren Saar recently, actually, the Yeovil manager, and he was asked about transfers. And he said his situation is... A what if scenario. So he's mm. looking at players to sign. You know, mm. what if this was to happen? Yes. I think that's probably the case yes. with Ryan Lowe as well now. Yeah, absolutely. If anything happened to a certain position, what would I do? Yeah. Not necessarily. I'm looking to bring them in now, but if a situation changed, what would I do? So yeah, I, I would agree with you, Stu. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Michael Kimber, we're playing well and getting results. How do we encourage the Green Army to keep their collective feet on the ground? Jack, how are you keeping your feet? <laughs> <by>? He's <laughs> not is he? He's <laughs> the thing is, I'm, I'm quite passionate about this. I don't. <laughs> It annoys me when people say people should keep their feet. Let fans enjoy it when it's going well because there are so many more bad times. If you're supporting a lower league club, I don't think there's anything wrong with fans hoping for promotion. I don't think there's anything wrong with fans buying into, you know, Ryan Lowe and buying into that and saying, oh, we're going to go on and do well because I think positivity is not a bad thing. I'd much rather go to Home Park with fans cheering, thinking we're going to go on and win promotion this season than worrying about stuff. I think fans should be able to enjoy it while they can because it will soon be taken away. You know, Ryan Lowe's not going to come out and say, oh, you know, yeah, we're going to get promotion this year. But that's what I'm sure that's what we'll be thinking. Nine wins out of 12, they're scoring a lot of goals. I'm positive and I'm convinced I'll go up this year. I'm not keeping my feet on the ground and I'm enjoying it. Chris, your feet on the ground? Well, I think, I, I know what Michael means with the question. I think as long as the players keep their collective yeah. feet on the ground, that's the important thing because nothing's won in, in January. No matter how good a run of form you're yeah. on, no matter how many goals you're scoring, you're not getting promoted right now. So if they keep their feet on the ground, then that's, that's the, the main priority. Should we encourage the Green Army to? I, 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 I agree with Jack. You know, football, as a, watching as a fan, is meant to be enjoyment. Now, we all know that unless you support one of the big 
the big glamour teams, there's not always a lot of enjoyment involved. And sometimes you have really miserable seasons and it's difficult. And look at Argyle's relegation from last season and how everyone felt sort of April, May time when they got relegated when it just almost came out of the blue. So when things are going really well like this, yeah, enjoy it. There's got to be a sense of realisation a little bit that nothing's guaranteed and they're not going to walk their way to promotion necessarily. But enjoy it. You know, if you're part, if you're travelling all those distances particularly and you're spending all your hard-earned, or not all your hard-earned money, but a lot of your <laughs> hard-earned money on watching Argyle play, enjoy it. They're playing good football. You know, they've got an attack-minded manager, they've got a, a, an improving team, they're winning games. Um, does that guarantee promotion? No, it doesn't, but it's it's all pointing in the right direction at the moment and that's all you can really ask for, isn't it? As, as a, things feel as though they're yeah. going in the right way. You know? as, a, as a fan of a lower league team, if you can't enjoy one of nine wins out of 12, well, yeah. you're probably not in for enjoyment reasons at all, I'd say. <laughs> no, and of course, our goal will be looking to extend that run at the weekend with the return of Graham Coughlin. I feel like I've said that about <laughs> 10 times already this season, the return of Graham Coughlin to Home Park. Yeah, but you haven't this said... with Mansfield. No, no very true. No. Um, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they'll be feeling a bit sore after um, Saturday, won't they? I they saw were... the highlights of that yeah. game. That was a real... Um, they were uh, at home to Forest Green. 2-0 they 2-0 up. up. 3-2 down, getting 91st minute equaliser. And you think, well, at least we've got something out of it. Yeah. And then Forest Green, was it the 95th, 96th yeah. minute? A Forest Green team that don't score many goals. No. Normally. No, that's what they're saying um, on the EFL show. That, that one must hurt. I mean, we were just talking about enjoyment there. You imagine if you were a Mansfield fan going home on Saturday night. Well, this whole season for Mansfield, yeah. really, because there's a lot of good players at Mansfield and they're massively underachieved well, uh, this year. Nicky Maynard, you know, he's been yeah. scoring quite a lot of goals, but they're still still not winning the games. Uh, yeah. Coming to home park, obviously, lots of talking points. Graham Copland coming back, having left Bristol Rovers, as you say, Stewie came here twice with Bristol Rovers, once in pre-season, once for a... Um, the EFL Trophy game and, and then he's gone to Mansfield. People, you know, can say what they like about going from League One Bristol Rovers to League Two Mansfield, but that was the decision he took. He thought that was best for, for his career and his family and he's gone there and um, it's proven a, a difficult challenge. Um, he will, I know he loves coming back to Home Park and I know that the Argyle fans love seeing him, but... Uh, let me tell you, there'll be no sentimentality on Graham Copland's part towards Argyle on Saturday. Mansfield needs some results. They need to sort of get their season back on track and uh, he will be absolutely desperate and he'll be doing anything he thinks possible that, that will give them the best chance of winning. So I suppose it's the wounded animal sort of thing, isn't it? You know, they're coming off a really bad defeat. What are, you, what, are they going to come down to home park and fit, still feel sorry for themselves? Or is Graham Cockham going to be able to fire him up and uh, get them to bounce back? And when you have a player like Nicky Maynard in your team, again, we were talking about 20 goal a season striker, he's probably that. Um, mm. But he's playing in a team that's struggling. So it's yeah. it's funny how that happens quite often, isn't it? It's you, you, you can it? get Argyle last season, Adipo was scoring lots of goals, but in a struggling I, team. Yeah, exactly. I know it's... when Argyle went up to Mansfield early in the season, they won 1 0, but Mansfield made them work really hard for it. They've got some decent players. I mean, we'd all sit here and say Mansfield should be much higher up the yeah. table with that squad, shouldn't they? Absolutely, they should. Yeah, CJ Hamilton is a player I really like. Danny Rose, and yeah. there's, there's all sorts of good players. So, I suppose the, the thing that I would perhaps be slightly concerned about is do you catch them on a good day? But then again, they're coming off a four, they're an absolute killer of a defeat. Mm. What I, would, what I would say is, I don't think any team would want to be playing Argyle at the moment. No. I, you know, and I, you know, as an Argyle fan, I've 
we'll all have been to many games where we've played a team where you really don't want to play because they're in great form. You know, Swindon was one earlier in the season. You, no team's going to want to play Argyle at this moment in time. So, you know, possibly you could flip it and say it's a, it's a no-lose for them because they're playing a good, tough team, but they can go for it. Or you could say we really don't want to come. Yeah. And, and you're right, you know, Argyle are going to be full of... 3-1 you know, at Stanford, 3-0 at Carlisle. Things are, are, are clicking. They're up to fifth in the table. They're level on points with third place now. So the, the top three's within sort of touching distance. So why wouldn't you want to go out? You haven't played at home park for, since New Year's Day. Go out in front of, you'd expect a big crowd. I mean, two great away results. I'm sure that will translate into another, I, I would expect over 10,000 crowd on Saturday. And I'm sure Jeff got a one to score in front of the home fans. Yeah. You know, he scored four goals away from home. That's the added bonus because he is, again, like that new signing. People mm. are going to want to see, well, wow, yeah, you yeah. know, I want to see this 19-year-old lad of ours. Yeah. You know, he's, Score four goals in two games. I want to see him. I yeah, want to see absolutely. what he can do. But Jack and I were talking earlier on, actually, and we were, we were saying it's at that stage of the season now where the games can't come around quick enough, mm. can they? It's, yeah. it's really exciting. Well, someone, that, someone that has a travel might argue against that. But Chris wants a few hours of I, I am quite glad it's not a Tuesday night game this week, I must admit. But yeah, so as soon as one game, as a fan, as soon as yeah. one game finishes, I want the next one to come along. So. Yeah. Yeah. And like, the players would be like that as well. You know, When you're in that momentum and that rhythm, you just want the games to keep coming thick and fast. I wonder if the training feels a bit like a slog when you just, we just want to get to that <laughs> yeah, yeah. must be difficult yeah. uh, one final thing I just wanted to touch on a piece that you did on Plymouth Live Chris well um, it was it, it, it's, a t- it's an interview yes, by the sorry. Times so um, so but but carry on well, <laughs> I can say you, yeah. you might as well well it's with Luggy isn't Paul, it Paul Starrock um, who's, who's been on the podcast before and, and everyone loves Luggy um, and he did an interview with the Times a guy called Graham Spears and it was it was an excellent read at the weekend um it touched on lots of parts of his career. Um, unfortunately, one of the main bits to come out of it was was Luggy's Parkinson's disease, which you know we've all known about him having you know for a long time. It was two thousand and eight when he publicly uh, admitted he had the uh, the disease. But um, it was sad to read, you know, that it is impacting on his life now. Um, so it is it is sad, and it's having an impact on him. Um, Wish him all, all the very best. And, you know, I know the Green Army still hold him in tremendously high esteem. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was a bit sad to read, although he's, you know, still enjoys life and no complaints, but it is, it is impacting. And, yeah. that's, the thing I, that's the thing I, from reading the piece mm. that, that, you, that, you, that you put on the website, is mm. you get the sense of, you know, he's, he's, he's got a good frame of mind, the mm. way he talks about mm. it, and whether he think, feels that at home, who knows, but the way he's putting it out, he's sort of and battling you, in the best way you possibly you've got can. To, you've got to admire somebody, you know, again, some people, or it would be easy just to sort of hide away in the, in the background and not acknowledge any problems, not talk about it. He's talked about it openly with a national newspaper. It's it's got got a lot of coverage. Um, obviously, Luggy been to a lot of different clubs during his career, and uh, you know fans will you know have read uh, what's going on. And uh, yeah, I just you know wish him all the very best. Hopefully, we can get him on the podcast. Soon. Yeah, definitely. I think we should look into doing that fairly mm-hmm. soon as well. Yeah. Right, well, we'll leave it at that then, chaps. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, and thanks to you out there for listening. We'll be back with more of the same next week. Bye bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.